to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And good Sunday evening. My name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So happy to be here with you. I'm glad that you chose to spend your Sunday evening with us. And uh, I'm very happy about that. Thank you so much for uh, being part of the Howie Silberger Show experience. You could download the True Talk Radio app uh, by going to uh, the App Store, any of your App Stores, any App Store that you like. You can go to the App Store, and the True Talk Radio app is downloadable on any of uh, any platform from uh, your favorite App Store. Just download the app. You can listen to True Talk Radio the entire uh, the entire day. There's uh, 24 hours worth of programming on True Talk Radio, and uh, and and we we love the fact that uh, TrueTalkRadio.com is the place to go to for entertainment and for being here on the Howie Silberger Show. I, I wanted to address uh, a couple of things as we start the show. I wanted to talk about a few things, um, mainly some email I got this week. Uh, it is it is fascinating. The emails the emails are fascinating. I appreciate when people send me email. I, I do I do love the fact that you you send me emails. Thank you so much. Uh, the uh, emails that I uh, I got this week were interesting, and the reason they were interesting is because people seem to um, to to confuse the purpose of the show. They they seem to have a um, a, a misunderstanding of what we do here on the Howie Silberger Show. So I, I would like to explain it to you so that it, it is, is a little more, I guess, a little clearer, a little more interesting, and a little more, um, a little more exciting uh, so, so you understand uh, what, what our goals are here on the show. And uh, I don't normally do this, but uh, I think it's important, based on the emails that I got this week, I, I think it's important that I, that I explain that, that we are not a news show. Uh, occasionally, we will break news stories. Occasionally, we'll break stories that, uh, that nobody else is covering. We'll talk about topics that nobody else is covering. We'll break stories. We'll tell you about stuff that nobody else is telling you about. But all in all, we are not a news show. We are an opinion show. Uh, I express my opinion. Sheldon expresses his opinion. In a, in, in a few minutes, Daniel and Ayatza Day is going to be here. Uh, he's going to express his opinion on finance. We are an opinion show. We are not a news show. Uh, so sometimes we get it wrong. And that, that is true. And when we get it wrong, we own up to the fact that we were wrong. Uh, most of the time, we get it right. Uh, and uh, most of the time, our opinions are opinions. And you can agree with them or disagree with them. We always have an open line, one uh, 669 1292 You could always call in if you disagree with something over the course of the show. Uh, you could always feel free to, um, to talk to us. Uh, send me emails. I mean, it's all, it's all open. You're, you're free to communicate. Uh, the reason we have an open line on the show is in case you disagree with something that I say or something that one of uh, one of our cast members say, you could feel free to to call in and challenge us on anything we say. So the lines are always open, and and you could always call in, and we don't um, we we don't say okay because you disagree with us you can't be on the show. We we allow all opinions on the show. That that is the beauty of this show is that I'm. I, I'm, not, I'm not a stickler for opinions. If I am wrong, and you could prove me wrong, if my opinion is wrong, 
and you could approve my opinion wrong, I will be more than happy to, uh, to, to correct myself. I'll be more than happy to hear what you have to say, uh, which, which is, which is uh, exactly why I have open lights. So if you disagree with something I, I say or you disagree with something that one of our guests say, uh, feel free to dial the number. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, um, or YouTube, the number is scrolling on the bottom of the screen. If you are not watching and you are listening on the True Talk Radio app or, um, or watching on the, um, on, the, on the True Talk Radio website, uh, the numbers are, are 1-877-669-1292. You can feel free to call in and, uh, and express your opinion on any topic that we are talking about. And uh, I, I appreciate the calls and I appreciate the, uh, the emails. So I just wanted to point that out because people were yelling at me that, uh, you know, you, you said something last week and it wasn't 100% accurate. And, uh, and, and you, know, when, you know, being a news show, being a journalist, you should be a little more, you should have a little more integrity. Oh, give me a break. Uh, I, I, I've been a journalist. I've worked as a journalist. And when I cover news stories, I cover them as a journalist. But when I am an opinion talk show host, which, which I am right now, and this show is an opinion talk show, when I am an opinion talk show host, I will, um, I will express an opinion. Now, now sometimes the, the facts I use to, to, to express my opinion, sometimes the examples I use to express my opinion, may not agree with your philosophy. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means that they don't agree with what you agree with. They don't, they don't, they don't follow your, your thought process. And that's fine, too. We could agree to disagree. We could have varying opinions on, on different topics. What bothers me is when people say that you are not allowed to talk about something because I disagree with what you're saying. That bothers me a lot because th- there should be no limit on what we talk about on the show. There, there should be no limit about anything we talk about on the show. And once again, if you disagree with something we're saying or, or want to express your point of view, you, you are free to do that. We have open lines. So, so one hand works with the other. And if you hear it one week or you happen to catch it on a replay or catch it on an archive show and you didn't like something I said last week or two weeks ago, you could always call in and I'll be more than happy to talk to you about any topic that, uh, that you feel that uh, I, I got wrong or you feel that you have a different perspective or a different opinion on. I'll be more than happy to talk to you about any topic. So coming up on this show, now, okay, so, so then, then we'll put that aside now. Coming up on this show, I, I am pleased to welcome back a, a man who was on the show about six years ago. Uh, and he was on the show a lot about six years ago, six, seven years ago. And then we kind of, uh, he, he kind of, he was building his career. He went, he moved off and then now he's back. Uh, Daniel Nayatsade, he's, uh, he's our financial guru. He'll be here in, uh, in just a few minutes. Uh, coming up after 8 o'clock, Sheldon Eric Freed will be joining me. He is our long-suffering producer on the show. So he'll be joining us after 8 o'clock. And, of course, you are welcome to call in. The number is to call one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 And, in fact, uh, when Daniel Daniel's going to, uh, going to talk a little bit about, uh, about your money and financing and finances and, and, and stuff, uh, so you could feel free to uh, to call in to call in and talk to Daniel too if you want. You, you see, we'll open the lines. We'll, we'll allow you to uh, we'll allow you to express your opinion, to ask your questions, and to be part of the show experience. Because that's what we do here. That, that, that's that's the purpose of the show. Otherwise, it's just me talking in a, in, a, in a small empty room. And uh, I just don't want to be that guy who's just talking to himself in a small empty room. 
My name is Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. And, uh, and I, I just wanted to, I wanted to cover that because uh, I felt that it was important since I got, I got multiple emails this week uh, asking me about that. And so I, fe- I felt it was abundantly important that I, I talk about it and that I explain it and that, uh, and that, we, um, and, and that we clear out the air. That's it. Simple as that. All right. So um, it's, been, it's been about, what, six years since, uh, since I last saw this guy. And, uh, and, and I really liked him. He was on the show. I loved him on the show. And then he went off to build his career and build his family and, uh, and, and kind of left us. But now he's back. And I'm so happy that he decided to come back. His name is Daniel Inayatsade, and I got his name right this time because six years ago it was, it was, it was a challenge. Uh, his name is Daniel Inayatsade, and uh, he joins us here on the Howie Silberger Show. Hi, Daniel. Thank you so much for coming back. Thank you so much. You got my name right. It took you six years. Imagine that. Imagine that. Six years. I, I didn't butcher it this time. <laughs> How many, how many times did you uh, practice before today? I, I was saying yeah. it all day today. I'm telling you, uh, all day I was going, Daniel Inayatsade, Inayatsade, Daniel Inayatsade, all day. There's a certain ring to it, you have to admit. But yeah. If you say it enough times. So, so you're my financial guru. You've been my financial guru for, uh, for years already. Um, and what, what's, mm-hmm. on, what's on your mind this week, Daniel? Um, I've been thinking a lot about the CERB, uh, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, which I would, th- I would say the one standout policy um, from the Canadian government over the course of this pandemic. Uh, most people uh, have heard of the CERB. Millions uh, of Canadians have benefited from the CERB. And it's recently been extended. And I, by a month, essentially four weeks, it was set to be uh, 24 weeks long. Now it is uh, 28 weeks long. And essentially it has seven periods. The last period beginning um, in early September and ending at the end of September. And I wanted to touch on a few misconceptions that have come up uh, among my clients and friends and family that I've spoken to, uh, where people have sort of been confused about a few things when, in terms of the CERB, in terms of their eligibility and uh, how, uh, how things work. So the first thing that um, I want to point out is that some people know, but many people don't seem not to know, uh, is that the CERB is a taxable um, benefit. And not only that, it is not taxed at source, meaning many people who are currently employed, and when they get a paycheck, they tend to have their taxes or a portion of their taxes deducted uh, automatically and set aside by their employer. Um, the CERB does not set aside taxes. You have you have the, the responsibility to set aside those taxes yourself. And it, it can be challenging for people who are not used to it, especially um, people who are uh, are used to having taxes set aside because you know you, you need the money in many cases if you're if you're if you're uh, um, you know opting into the CERB, and you have to be disciplined to set that money aside. Because at the end of the year and come next year for tax time, the government is going to run their numbers and they're going to look at what income you you earn throughout 2020. They're going to include the CERB. And depending on how much you've earned, they're going to uh, ding you with an amount. And if you're not ready for that, it uh, could be quite the, uh, the matzo ball, basically, the uh, swallow, essentially. So um, you, you, you have to uh, be prepared for that possibility and you have to uh, try your best to set aside money whenever you receive the CERB. 
Um, the second uh, misconception I want to bring up is that you don't have to be laid off to um, collect the CERB. Most people or many people feel that it works similar to EI, which is employment insurance, where you can only benefit from employment insurance if you've been laid off. Um, the CERB doesn't work quite the same way if you are still employed uh, or your hours have been cut, for example, or you're self-employed, but you're not getting, not earning as much. If you are not making uh, more than the threshold, which is $1,000 uh, per month, you can benefit from the CERB. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about in terms of uh, misconceptions is, um, you know, what happens if you work in a job where you feel uncomfortable working there in terms of uh, COVID risks, um, but you haven't been let go um, and you want to quit, for example, because you feel like the, um, the, the uh, work environment uh, is a little too risky for you. So unfortunately, that would not make you eligible because you can't voluntarily quit your job in order to um, benefit from the CERB. You'd have to speak to your employer, see if, you, see if you can work something out in terms of workplace safety, but you cannot voluntarily quit your job and collect the CERB. Unfortunately, there has been a lot of fraud around the CERB in terms of you know uh, people collecting when they don't necessarily have to, uh, when they don't necessarily um, are eligible for the CERB, and I suspect that uh, the government will begin to crack down quite aggressively on people who have um, sort of bend the rules in, in a certain in a certain respect. Um, if you're not sure if you're eligible, if you're not sure if you should apply, how you should apply, uh, which period you should apply for, um, there is a, a CERB hotline that you can call. Um, and they will um, help you, they will guide you in terms of whether or not you're eligible. You're eligible. The number is, if uh, you have a pen and paper, it's 1-833-966-2099, uh, and I can post that in the, in the comments after um, to give everybody a, a bit of a, you know, information. Uh, it's, it's, very, it's a very helpful hotline. They can't give you um, information regarding your own personal CERB application, but they can give you a lot of general information in terms of whether or not you would be eligible given your particular situation because there are so many different um, situations that Canadians find themselves in and you know this would be uh, a very helpful uh, this is a very helpful hotline. Um, that, that pretty much uh, my uh, my uh, you know, my, my information in terms of the CERB. I don't know if you have any questions, Howie. Yeah. Uh, how much are you allowed to earn if you're, if you're taking the CERB? How much are you allowed to earn for the month? Um, you essentially can earn uh, up to, well, essentially not more than $1,000. Um, so $1,000 would be um, the limit. So you have to learn, you have to earn less than 1000 so $999, according to uh, what I read today on the CRA, um, you that is before taxes, so not after taxes. You'd say, oh, well, I earned 1000 but my check only, you know, I only got 700 bucks because my employer, you know, takes off $300 for taxes and other, other, you know, other deductions. Well, it doesn't, it has to be, it's 1000 before taxes. Um, that's an important point. Um, and um, yeah, that, does that answer your question? 
Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to open the lines too. If if you have a question for Daniel uh, about the Serb, give us a call one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. That's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. So so you could earn a th- up to a thousand dollars. So basically up to nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Um, yes, essentially that's what you would uh, be able to. But but I'm uh, sure if you earned a thousand and one dollars, they're not going to really drive you crazy. It's a good question. Um, given the widespread abuse of the system in terms of people collecting CERB when they shouldn't be, because um, you know if if anyone who's actually uh, you know benefited from the program, you'll notice that when you go online and you and you apply, it's really really easy to you know to get the benefit you basically go online you click a few buttons you answer uh, you sort of agree to uh not a very long list of uh statements and uh, next thing you know within 48 to 72 hours you get a nice chunk of cash deposited in your bank account so right. um the uh, you know, the opportunity for for abuses is quite um quite significant um, so I would not be surprised if the government begun to crack down on even the smallest of technicalities. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out after uh, after all is said and done. Um, um, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, how do you protect yourself if uh, if you if you committed this kind of fraud? I'm going to use the word fraud because that's what the word the government uses. Uh, in unintentionally, inadvertently committed this kind of fraud. Uh, what do you do? How do you how do you protect yourself? How do you, how do you so, go back and fix this? If you if you feel like perhaps you have um, um, taken the serve when you shouldn't have, whether you did it uh, intentionally because you were desperate at the time for money, which you know what I can't blame people for doing that. If you have to pay the rent and you're not eligible for the serve, and your only option is to is to is, is to use that benefit. Well, I'm sure people have found themselves in that situation, and I really can't blame them for that, given the the unprecedented situation that many people find themselves in right now. Uh, or if perhaps you have um, uh, uh, mistakenly um, claimed the benefits and realized, you know, a short time after that, whoa, wait a second, I don't actually qualify. Um, right on the CRA website, there is a mechanism which makes it quite easy for you to refund the money, no questions asked. No penalty, um, in, in, you know, in, in goodwill essentially, um, and that is, you know, the best way to do it. And it's never too late because I, I suspect if, if you do it out of your own volition, um, the government will be a lot kinder to you than if they have to come after you. Right now, I mean, at most recent, most recently, I've heard them say that they're not going to charge a penalty; they'll just ask for the money back. But you never know if that can change, and they pass. And you bill that changes those criteria. Uh, do do you think do you do you foresee it changing? At one point, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised because okay. you know the government is spending an unprecedented amount of money, billions uh, right of dollars, now. billions and billions of dollars. Yeah, it's it's just like the most incredible uh, thing in the world in terms of how much money is being spent on a monthly basis right now, and uh, especially. If we see a change of government in uh, the near or medium term, um, I, I can't say that a new government, whatever that government, whoever that government will be, will necessarily apply the same leniency in terms of uh, collecting. 
So they might decide to change, uh, you know, to change the rules and go after Canadians more aggressively. Well, I hope they don't, because if people were cheating the system, and I'm sure there's a good chunk of people who were cheating the system, uh, sure. some of those people probably need the money. Certainly. And, Certainly. and, and you know, they, they have big families, they need the money. So, so chasing after people who needed the money and, and you know, who would be really hurt if you, uh, if you take the money back um, might, not be the best, might, might not be in the best interest for, for a government coming up to an election. Certainly not. Um, I mean, unfortunately, there are people who really do need the money and have taken it um, intentionally, knowing that they're not eligible. But on the other hand, I mean, I, I, I speak to uh, many of my clients that are business owners, and they have a very difficult time, um, or they had, I mean, up until recently, even now, finding staff. Uh, staff have quit uh, or found a reason to get laid off. And they're collecting the CERB, and they don't want to go back to work. They rather just collect the CERB. Because they make they make more money with the CERB than they do at work, for sure. And e- yeah. Either they make more money, or they make equal amounts, or even a little less. And to them, it makes more sense to stay home and watch TV than to go to work. Uh, and even if they're they're making twenty five percent less, they don't have to commute. They don't have to do anything. They just sit and watch Netflix. Right. So uh, it it makes it it makes it very challenging for for companies, especially in these days. When supply chains are are, are 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 strained to find, you know, to find you know qualified staff, especially in a lot of the manufacturing, uh, you know, uh, companies. Yeah, uh, I have a few friends who are in business who are telling me that uh, they're having a hard time getting people to come and work. That um, yeah, that people are coming in, they're staying for a day. They're not even taking pay for the day. They're coming in, staying for the day, and saying, "Hey, I can make I, I, it's much easier for me to sit at home, and just take the serve." I mean, not only that, especially uh, in, in the early days of the pandemic when, you know, community transmission was a lot more widespread, working in an office or working um, in a manufacturing plant where you cannot work from home. Um, you know, certain certain uh, employees in certain fields, you have the opportunity to work from home. But if you're working on an assembly line, you don't have that option. And... Uh, Employees feel, why am I going to risk getting COVID when I can just get the CERB and stay home? And I, in some ways, uh, if you have a family or if you have a, uh, some form of underlying health condition, I, I can't say I blame them. But um, the government had to, they, they essentially balanced getting uh, money to Canadians as quickly and as easily as possible with, um, you know, the risk of fraud. So... I, I in, in, in one way, they really succeeded. I have to hand it to them. Uh, applying and collecting the CERB was seamless. But on the other hand, unless they're going to be, uh, like, unless they want to raise taxes um, quite aggressively, they're going to have to either collect that money or find it elsewhere. They're, they're, the, the, the numbers have to add up somehow. So, Do you, do you, do you foresee our taxes going up to cover this deficit that the government's gone in? Uh, to, um, to give these social programs? I mean, we, we, the government's going to have to make back this money. The only way they make back money is through taxes. Certainly. I mean, I mean there, there, you know, there are basically two ways they can make back money. They can, they can cut spending uh, or they can raise taxes or they can go after um, different loopholes or um, people that cheat the system. I mean, I don't see another way unless, like, unless they... I mean, there really is no other way. Uh, you, you, you know, you either cut you know, cut spending, cut uh, programs, 
Um, right now, we're we're sort of still in the in the heart of it, so I don't see. I really don't think taxes are going to be going up, uh, you know, this this year. But uh, there's no question in my mind that we're going to see um, higher taxes over the next, uh, you know, couple of years for sure. Yeah, scary, scary stuff. I mean, uh, I mean people, uh, yeah, it, it, it's what it is. It's what it is. I mean, there, there's, I mean when you, when you think the about the average, not coming out of thin air, right? But so. when you think of the average person who who works for a living, uh, a hardworking person. And uh, was twenty-five to thirty percent of their salaries taken by taxes already? We're the highest taxed uh, province in, in in North America, right? So you know, right. getting getting taxed more in Quebec. Now I understand it's a federal tax, but I mean we we live in Quebec, so getting taxed more in Quebec, uh, being the highest taxed people in Canada, uh, you know, is it, just a major burden on some families and some people who who really just probably can't afford it. Which tax are you referring to specifically? Well, income tax. Okay, right. Um, look, Sales if tax. You stop think, yeah, if, if you stop to think about it, uh, you know, once you're, uh, you know, like, you know, you, you're, you earn a certain amount of money and then you're taxed on it. And once you've been taxed on it, you're left, you know, you're left with what you're left. And then you want to take that money and spend it in the economy. And then you're taxed again on the sales tax. Um, and then, and then, you know, and then, and then you basically, if you own a home, you're taxed uh, yep. from the city. So uh, you're sort of you, you breathe uh, any which way you're taxed essentially. Uh, how, how long? How, how many weeks does it take for the average person to work until uh, until they're actually working for themselves rather than the government? It depends on on you know how much money you're making. Obviously, um, obviously, I don't think it, it, it's it's quite uh, it can vary quite significantly depending on whether you're self-employed or you're employed or you know I mean. There, there. I, I, I don't, I don't know of any, any actual figure that would, you know, make that determination. Right. Uh, if you have any questions for Daniel, feel free to call in one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number. And Daniel's on for just another couple of minutes, so uh, if you have a question, now is a good time to call in. Um, so, so Daniel, it's it's been six yes. years since you've been on the show. Six years? Is that how long it's been? Have uh, you uh, we've, that, uh, we, we've been the archives. We've we've been uh, we've been on um, exclusively online. We left Radio Shalom sixteen fifty a.m. Uh, six years ago, a little over six wow. years ago, and uh, you were there, but you weren't there at the end. You were there until almost the end. Um, I was there for about two years, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so almost the end. Yes, so, exactly. So, so, so it could be it could be seven or eight years since you've been on the show. Perhaps six and a half, something yeah. like that. So, but, uh, so, so it feels good to be back. Uh, it feels good to have you back. It feels great. It feels great. You know what? It, it, you know, like you don't get the same uh, thrill you get sitting in a studio. But right, these well. days, I guess you can't get that anyways uh, with COVID. So, uh, but you know, it's a lot of fun, Howie. And I, 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 I have to, I, if, I, if I may, I'd like to add to what you were saying initially about you know, being an opinion show. Um, I'm not sure what kind of emails you were getting, but if I can, uh, if I can attest as you know, being a, more or less a regular guest on the show for you know the better part of two years, um, you've had a wide spectrum of guests, many of which never agreed with you, and you were never shy or never never held back from having them on. Um, so you've had all whole kinds of opinions on the show, and uh, to, to that I always felt. You know, that was the real beauty, the real strength of the show in terms of, you know, how many different uh, points of view we had going around and everyone respected each other, which was, you know, very nice. Yeah, those uh, roundtable discussions we had were always fun. Yes, they were. They were indeed. <laughs> they 
lively. If anyone has a chance to check out the archives, uh, you should do that because some of those some of those shows were really a lot of uh, a lot of li- very lively and a lot of fun. Yeah, we're going to get back to that. We we are, uh, and you know when COVID's over, maybe you'll come down to the studio and we'll 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 sit in the studio together. I which, would love to. I which would, would love to. which would be a lot more fun. I mean, it's not as big and not as fancy as the uh, as the as the old studio, but but it's here. It's, <laughs> and it's all functional. About the, company in the end, the rest is just four walls. Yeah, it's functional. It's here, and uh, it's the people in the studio, not the actual walls, that make the difference. In, in my opinion, certainly, 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 one hundred percent. Daniel, thank you so much for joining me tonight. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. If anyone has any questions, uh, feel free to you can message me on Facebook. Um, or you can check out my website. It's uh, thefinancialadvisor.ca. Be more than happy to answer any questions anyone has. I know it's a tough time for for a lot of people still, and uh, I'm, you know I'm always happy to uh, to you know share some light on on anything that you know people might be wondering about. Thank you so much, Daniel. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a good one. You All right. too. All right, that was Daniel in the today. He is a financial guru of the show, and uh, he was our financial guru for for. A regular financial guru for two years. We hope to have him back on regularly, um, and uh, and we always invite you to join us. Um, join us in the uh, in the conversation. You're you're always welcome to join us in the conversation. Uh, I, I would be more than happy for you to call in and and be part of the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. Uh, I thank Daniel for uh, for taking time out of his uh, his busy Sunday to be here. And, uh, and I hope that he'll spend a lot more Sundays with us and uh, we'll talk about a lot of interesting stuff when it comes to finances. Uh, yeah, like Daniel said, uh, the show has always prided itself on, on providing multiple points of view and uh, different political opinions. And that is what we are going to continue doing here on the Howie Silberger Show. As I mentioned a few weeks ago, we are, um, we are kind of shaking it up a little bit. We're changing the format. We're changing the way we do things around here. And uh, one of the things we are going to be doing is adding more people and more guests and more, uh, and more points of view on the show. Uh, so, so that said, if you have a particular point of view, if you have, uh, if you have something you want to say, you want to be part of the show, feel free to email me, howie at truetalkradio.com, and I will be more than happy to, uh, to discuss with you and, and maybe put you on the show. If you have something to share, something to say, you have uh, you, you want to yell at me, you want to you want to tell me uh, how how full of it I am, feel free. Uh, email me howie at truetalkradio.com, and I will uh, I will I'll put I'll put you on the show. If you have something that you that that something interesting that that the audience will appreciate, something interesting that the audience will love, uh, feel free to contact me. Now now the only the only thing I don't like to do, and uh, and I'm probably not going to uh, to agree to. Is, uh, is if you call me and say, listen, I have an event coming up uh, next week and I'd like you to plug our event. Uh, I, I don't do those kind of plugs. Uh, we're not, we're not going to do that on this show. But, but anything else? I mean, you, you want to talk politics with me? You want uh, to yell at me that I was wrong on something? You want to you take me up on something? Feel free to call in. Uh, we, we're, I'm working on a, a few different things, a few f- very interesting, very different things uh, for the show. Uh, and as I said, as the weeks go on, we will be introducing new features and new and uh, new interesting uh, interesting things onto the show. So just stick with us, and you will see that as the show progresses, uh, things will get will get really interesting. Uh, I, I've I've been looking at some of the stuff that 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 I'm, that I'm working on, some of the things I have planned, and uh, yeah, you're gonna love it. I, I promise you, you're gonna love it. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. You you, you got to be excited about it too. So uh, I watched the uh, Democratic National Convention this past week. Uh, I thought it was an interesting, um, 
an interesting show of partisan politics, which it's supposed to be. It's the Democratic National Convention. Uh, I felt that the uh, that the Democrats that were speaking at the convention, of course, it was all done through Zoom, and the uh, the Democrats speaking at the convention were um, were were fairly anti-America. They were pushing uh, they were pushing a, a radical leftist agenda, and, and I found that I found it quite interesting that um, that here is a major political party. In the United States, I mean, there's only two major political parties. One, this is one of the major political parties in the United States, and these people hate America. They they blame America for systemic racism. They blame America for everything, and and, and it, it just shocks me and it amazes me that there could be people out there who uh, who are who are politicians who are there to represent their citizens, who are there to represent their country and to to run uh, one of the greatest nations in the world. And and they speak so badly about the nation, and, and some of these people have been in Congress and have been Senate for for years and years and years. So essentially, they're insulting themselves, and it shocked me. But what shocked me even more, and this is this is really disturbing, is uh, is Joe Biden's speech. That that was really disturbing. First of all, I don't think Joe Biden, uh, honestly, uh, is. Um, is mentally capable of taking on the presidency. So we all, I think, and this is my opinion, you can disagree with me, and feel free to call in, one 669 In my humble opinion, uh, I, I think that, um, that Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris um, will become president if Joe Biden gets elected. That Joe Biden will not live out his, um, his term as president. And and this uh, this this I felt at the beginning of the campaign when they first mentioned that Joe Biden was running, and I still feel the same way today. I don't think Joe Biden is mentally capable of being taken on the presidency, and I really believe that um, that if he gets elected, Kamala Harris is going to become president. But putting that aside, watching the Joe Biden speech really upset me, and the reason it upset me was because of accuracy. It had nothing to do with what he said. He, most of what he said was beautiful. Most of what he said was amazing. Most of what he said, I agree with 100%. And you don't often hear me saying I agree with Democrats. But Joe Biden's speech, I agree with 98% of what he said. That, uh, that, that you need a president that's going to unite the people. You need a president that, that cares about America. A president that's going to work for America. A president that's not going to give up on America. Amazing. Wonderful, wonderful speech. Really well written, well, well delivered. Good speech. Until the end. The end ruined it for me. Because Joe Biden repeated a lie. Now, those of you who listen to the show know that I am not a huge supporter of Donald Trump, the president of the United States. I support the presidency. I support the office of the presidency. And I support democracy. Therefore, I've continuously defended Donald Trump on numerous occasions. If you look at my Facebook, you'll see that I... Uh, that I defend Donald Trump because he is the president and the president has certain constitutional rights and the president is allowed to do many different things that, um, that, that the average citizens don't realize he's allowed to do. So when Donald Trump does these things and he gets attacked for them, I am, I am really quick on defending Donald Trump. I am really quick on, on defending Trump when he's accused of being a racist and when he's accused of being a, a, a supporter of white supremacy. It is not true. And I am quick to point out the lie but this particular lie that Joe Biden repeated 
really, it's one of my pet peeves. I, I really hate this lie. And the reason I hate it is because it is a blatant lie. It is, um, it is so easily debunkable that uh, the fact that a man could repeat it and get away with it is just shocking. It's mind-blowing. So what Joe Biden said was that Donald Trump, uh, during the Charlottetown riots in 2017, uh, said that there were good people and bad people on both sides, and he referred to the Nazis that were, that were protesting there. That, that is totally untrue. That, that's not what happened. And to use it as a political ploy to try to, uh, to, to, to malign the current president of the United States is such dirty politics that, that that's what bothers me. And the reason it bothers me, let me be honest, I'll tell you why it bothers me. I'll, I'll be completely honest. When I ran for politics, I ran twice. Uh, I ran for uh, city alderman twice. And the first time I ran, the campaign was, was wonderful. And the guy I was running against was class act. I had no issues with him at all. We, we, uh, we, got, we got along and, uh, and um, he won. I lost. It was amicable. I called him. I congratulated him. And he, uh, and he even came over. He came over to my campaign headquarters and he, uh, he gave me a hug. And, you know, and, and, we were, um, and we were very friendly. Even after the election, we were extremely friendly. When I ran the second time, uh, that gentleman retired, and the seat was open, and I ran for that seat, and another gentleman ran, ran with me. So I ran, and he ran against me. Uh, when we, uh, when that, 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 that particular campaign was absolutely the dirtiest campaign that I've ever witnessed. The, uh, the guy running against me, a high-profile guy, he, uh, he won the seat, and he's still in the seat. He played dirty politics, and that really turned me off uh, city politics altogether. I, never, I, I stopped attending city council meetings. I stopped being involved in city life because, uh, because, because, because of that dirty campaign. It, it really bothered me that much. I couldn't, I couldn't go there and face these people. Uh, they, there was a, a, an active movement at the time to to malign my name to uh to to equate me also with with some radical crazy stuff to um to to insult me i mean there was, there was blatant cheating going on it, it was a terrible election and that turned me off civics uh, civic civic elections turned me off for municipal elections uh, city elections just just made me stop i stopped with city politics altogether after that and it's unfortunate because I was I was actually working with my heart. I actually wanted to uh, to be a city councilor and to and to initiate change in the city and to and to work with the city to make the city a better place, the city I live in a better place. But after I saw that that dirtiness, and it wasn't only him. Um, my father was running for for the same election in the same election for a different seat, and uh, he was visited by a bunch of camp a bunch of uh, politicians who are still in office. Uh, who wanted to feed him dirt on another politician so that he could go and 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 work to to dirty the other politician's name too, and they came they came to his house. I remember clearly. I, I was there. They came to his house and they gave him all these documents, documents that he should never have seen, and they said this, these documents could destroy her, destroy your opponent. Use these documents, destroy your opponent. Call a press conference. Use these documents. It's so dirty. And I, I hate dirty politics. Look, you know, good people don't run for politics because of the dirtiness of politics. Good people who could, 
who could do good for the for the community, people who could do well for uh, for everybody, people who who care, do not run for politics because of the dirtiness. And that to me is that is sad. It, it, it's absolutely sad because we're not getting the best people. And this is how we end up with a guy like Donald Trump. This is how we end up with a guy like Joe Biden uh, running for president. This is how you end up with a guy like Justin Trudeau as the Prime Minister of Canada. Because good people aren't running. So you end up with the bottom of the barrel. You end up with the uh, scrapings on the bottom of the barrel. And, and, and that's really sad. I, I, I remember seeing an interview with Rona Ambrose. She was the uh, interim leader of the Conservative Party. Not, um, not long after she stepped down as interim leader. And they asked her why she didn't run for, uh, for the leadership of the Conservatives and then for Prime Minister. And she said, listen, she said, I have, a, I, have a, I have a husband and I have kids at home. Do I really want to put them through uh, years of, of people digging through their lives, trying to find skeletons so that they can embarrass us? She said, I don't want to do that to my children. I don't want to do that to my husband, so I'm not doing it. And I thought that was such a great answer. What an amazing answer. What a great thing to say. And I understood what she was saying immediately. Because I was a victim of that kind of dirty politics. So I understood what, how the dirty politics works. And, and to me, and to me, listen, I understand politics is a dirty game. I understand that, uh, that, that, that life in general is a dirty game. And there's a doggy dog word out there. If you want to win, you've got to step on somebody to, to, to be able to win. I, I get all that. I, I get it all. I understand it. I, I, I understand it completely. At the same time, I believe in integrity. I believe that, that people who are going to represent me and people who are going to take care of millions and millions of dollars worth of budgets and people who are going to make decisions on my life and the way I live and the way you live and the way everyone else lives, these people should be held accountable. These people should not be allowed to run rampant and, and lie and cheat and steal. Another thing that bothers me about the American election, and I'll be, I'll be completely honest here, is that, um, that when uh, Brett Kavanaugh was nominated by President Trump to be the Supreme Court Justice, a bunch of women came forward and said that, uh, that he had committed some kind of sexual crime against him, and, they, uh, and, there was, there was, and, and, and all hell broke loose. Alyssa Milano was there saying, we must believe all women. Whenever they make this kind of accusation, we must believe all women. When a woman came forward and made the same accusation against Joe Biden, suddenly it all died. Nobody said a word. And uh, Joe Biden is now the Democratic nominee for president. So we believe all women unless it's women that accuse Joe Biden. Is that, is that the message? See, I, I was very confused by that. I don't understand what the message is. So if anyone could explain that to me, Howie at TrueTalkRadio.com, 1-877-669-1292. Uh, maybe you could explain it to me because I just don't get it. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, Sheldon Eric Freed. Smiled in heaven 
but his joy was not complete. The angels were singing, but their song had no wings. The world was freshly painted, yet the sky was feeling blue. Something Something just wasn't right Then with you Came a godly light That made the world complete You Gave the world its heart You gave the world its soul God can call this place his home For now there was you For now there was you My brother My fellow Jew So with all my heart and soul Let me honor you Gentle people with a faith of steel You teach the world how to live and how to give and how to believe If I could look into your heart I would see the face of God You have weathered all the storms They've all come and gone But the greatest of them all is you, my fellow Count the teardrops that have fallen from your eyes And who would dare to measure the pain that you have known Yet here you are undaunted with a mission and a dream You carry on when hope is gone All that you live for Will come true And so when The times are feeling weak It's you who makes me strong And when at times I cannot speak You, you become my soul Impossible. Well.
Silviger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And I'm Howie Silberger. Welcome back to the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 We are heard live. Live, I say, live. We are heard live. Let me say it again one more time. We are live on uh, Facebook, on Instagram. Uh, well, not on Instagram. You see, Sheldon was talking about Instagram before, and uh, he got me saying Instagram. No, we are live on Facebook. We are live on Twitter. We are live on Periscope. And we are live on YouTube. That's right. We are, are live. Oh, I am live, yeah. Yeah. Why? Why? Did you think I was dead, Sheldon? No, no. I just wanted to make sure you you emphasized it enough. I just want to make sure you're alive. Oh, okay. Because I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm live. Yeah. 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 If you prick me, I will bleed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's not do that. What? 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 Not quote Shakespeare? Okay, Mr. Shakespeare. Okay. Okay, fine. Fine. I'm sorry. It was a little too cultured for Sheldon. I say culture indeed, indeed. <laughs> How you doing, Sheldon? This is Sheldon Eric Fried. He's my long-suffering producer, and he joins us every week here on the Howie Silverger Show. How you doing, Sheldon? I am Shel? doing fine, and I was just uh, saying to you on... Uh, you see, you got me all started on Twitter, and I, I'm not broadcasting on Twitter at the moment. Well, yeah. Uh, not on Twitter. I mean, on, uh, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, and you have to fix that, and you also people have to also uh, tweet different messages to you because I, I'm really because I'm really. Uh, a <laughs> I checked. Of I actually checked Twitter the other day to see if anyone tweeted me, and the answer was no, no, nobody. <laughs> tweet Howie Silverger. <laughs> oh, don't bother, don't bother. It's not like I'm going to read it. <laughs> uh. I so I saw this very interesting thing on Environment Canada, and I thought I'd share it with you and the people that are that are listening to our area, to our broadcast location, yeah, which is in the Montreal, Canada region. Was I saw something from Environment Canada, and usually do not see weather warnings like this on this part of the northern hemisphere. What did I see? Was a water spout warning in effect? Along the West Island. What is a water spout warning? It uh, it could be it uh, the conditions can create the possibility of the formation of tornadoes. Tornadoes. Yeah. Interesting. And we're not in climate change, folks. (laughs) No. No. Come on. I mean, did you ever hear this before? Did we ever have a tornado living in this area? Was there ever a tornado in Montreal? I mean, we're on water, so I mean, it's possible. Well, but extremely like usually we would get it. Uh, if anything, if we if we get it, maybe three times a year. If we get it, that's a lot. And now we went from three to five times so far this year. But in terms of water spout warnings, well, I don't know. But but I remember an instance where my girlfriend and I were coming back from Plattsburgh, New York, just over the border. Yeah. And we're coming on on Highway 15, going into Montreal northbound, and I see from the left hand side. That the clouds were getting really dark, and I started Uh-oh. seeing like a like a formation, which looked like it didn't happen, thank goodness, but it looked like the cloud was starting to get into a funnel. Oh, that's not good. And I was really, and it's nothing like you driving, and it's not not that it was near me, but 
you know how fast those things can move. I mean, yeah, there's no doubt about it. You like those and, things and, can move, and they're killers. And they're killers. And like you start seeing that, and it was like, oh my goodness. But thankfully, it didn't. Uh, it didn't form, and we got home. We were safe, and oh my god! Like, I, and I looked at, I looked at my said to my girlfriend, I said, take a look on my left side over my shoulder, about maybe. 10 or 15 kilometers down the road and we started seeing this formation that was like oh no and the skies were like dark like i've never seen them and now i'm looking over my shoulder now yeah and i'm seeing very dark ominous clouds and then so, i so see it's kind of set. it's kind of reminding you of that kind of reminds me of that and you like you know so you always see like thunderstorms whatever you see the, obviously the skies are very dark but when you start seeing something like that or some funnel you see how low the clouds are and you could start seeing that if, uh, depending on the way the winds are going and the hot and cold front uh, collide, that could be a recipe for disaster. Well, we know we're on a, um, we're, we're on a, um, on an earthquake fault. But I didn't think, yeah. I didn't think we were on a, uh, a tornado, a tornado. We're, uh, we're, we're not. Actually, we're not. But the thing is that when we take a look, um, when we take a look at, let's say, the, the earthquake and people say, we're really on a, on a fault. And I said, yeah, there were a few times we felt earthquakes. Now, it's not like the San Andreas Fault in Los Angeles, where one time I was there and, oh, yeah, I felt an earthquake in the middle of the night and I was almost like thrown out of bed. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, like that was something that scared the bejeebers out of me. And I think the thing lasted not even 15 to 20 seconds. It seemed like it was like a year and uh, how these uh, people manage to, on an everyday, on an everyday basis, they're, they've been on that fault. And they always said, well, California is going to be on the big one. It's going to be the big one and all this stuff. And well, they're always saying that California is going to separate due to, a, due to an earthquake, right? Yeah. They'll have their own referendum, so to speak, but not the <laughs> referendum that you're voting for. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, but here in Montreal, like even our Olympic Stadium is on a fault line. Mount Royal is on a fault line. Right. But we're, but it's not like we're not on a huge fault that we can get like a major earthquake. I mean, God, God only knows, especially what's been going on in this world. And you always hear like, oh, this world is going to be. And you, you always get these conspiracy theories that you and I just like don't bother dealing with. <laughs> and they always say, oh, the big one's going to happen and the. When we were going to hit uh, 2000 or so, what was the year? I'm trying to remember when they were saying about the, um, all the computers were going to shut yeah, down. Yeah, Y2K, 2000. Y2K. So they yeah. also said at the same time, might as well put everything together in a cluster thing. And they would, they would say, well, not only are the computers are going to go like really offline and it's going to be a whole disaster, but the world's going to go. Yeah, well, of course. And then I figured, well, you know what? Let's put it this way. I, I, I like to think positive as of you. And I'm saying, you know, we could predict everything, anything we want if the world's going to happen, if the world's going to cease to exist or it's going to be a whole destruction. In the meantime, what are you and I going to be able to do about it? Not much. And, and do we want to do anything about it? I mean, it's, you know, I look around the world today and I say, is there anything worth saving? And, you know, the answer is generally no, right? Well, the only thing I would say worth saving would be the lives of the of the of the innocent, the men, women, and children that were really good people. I would say, you know, like you and myself and other people. Ah, oh, so you want to save for. yourself? What a shocker! 
Yeah, but I'm saying like you know, <laughs> but I'm saying yeah, exactly. I'm saying, but if the world, I'm shocked, like, Sheldon. I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm All right. If the world, if the world's going to, the world's going to be destroyed. Head, Sheldon though. wants to save himself. <laughs> I will. We, well, not only save myself. Not only save. I did not only say save myself. I'm not that selfish. I'm saying the people that I care That's care funny. about my friends, family, loved ones, all the wonderful, innocent people of the world. Yeah, the people that do destruction and kill other people, couldn't care less. But uh, but the 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 wonderful, nice, the good people in this world. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. How many how many nice, good, and uh, and honest people are there in the world, children? Well, there is Howie Silberger, oh, stop that. which is, by the way, live. Just to reiterate, <laughs> people that wanted to know if he was live. He isn't live. He's, in, he's live. He's in color. He's on YouTube. He's on Facebook. He's everywhere except for Instagram. That's right. Not on Instagram yet, but yeah. we will be. We'll be working on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get ourselves onto Instagram. Yeah. We'll be working on it, but other than that, other than that, it's been a, a crazy week, and uh, oh yeah, it's really been a crazy week, but in a good, but in a good way. Good Sheldon, Sheldon week. give the people the number to call in. I mean, if you're going to do all this, I mean, well, at least sure. at least mention the number. The number is eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. Again, one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. And you get to speak to the maestro himself. Live, the maestro, wow, the Howie Silberger. <laughs> Maestro. Well, hey, listen, uh, I, I'm I'm also in charge of making you, besides your natural talent and abilities right. as you are on the air, to make you, to look. promote you to look good because yeah. it is your show. I may be a part of it, but you are the one that has the the moniker Howie uh, Silberger. I, I understand. You're the one behind you on YouTube that has the big Howie Silberger picture on it uh you what the the, the thing the thing over here this the yeah. thing behind you yes All right. this the thing here the uh, thing behind you. i like exactly. this thing it's very nice yes it has my picture yes see it has my picture on it sheldon it has your picture on it yeah. you said cheese and you looked absolutely you looked well you didn't say cheese but you had this <laughs> I interesting i definitely pose. didn't say cheese no you didn't say cheese especially no. if it's not kosher but That's right. uh yeah that's but funny. my thing is to promote you and to, to say nothing but good things about you because, because you're live. If, if, you, if you take a look at it, Shelton, I mean, I, I don't know if you can see it from where you are. But if I you take can't a look see at it from unless I go onto YouTube myself. But there, is, there, yes. is, there is a picture. There's a picture There's right a here. picture. And um, yes. this picture is like six, seven years old, Shelton. It's not a new picture. Yes. No, but it's a good picture. I always like that picture, uh, and I even told you that. I, I like the picture, too. That's why I use it, right? That's a good idea. Uh, there's the website, truetalkradio.com. You see the website? Yes. We have the logo, True Talk Radio. And then yes. there's a big thing that says the Howie Silberger Show, in case I forget my name. Well, because that's what I always want to make sure. It that was just never, in case I forget my name. You never forget to mention Howie Silberger Show on the Howie Silberger Show, which is brought to you by live by <laughs> Howie Silberger Show. That's right. That's here right. Here on so, the True Talk so, Radio Network. So if I ever show. forgot my name, I well, just have to look behind me. And I'll remind you, too. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I'll remind you, and all your guests will... Remind you just to make sure that you don't, you know, that you don't forget. Uh, thank you. I, I really appreciate that because um, that's what I'm here for. Because I, I hear you get to a certain age and you start forgetting things. What did you just say? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Sheldon's exactly. about at that age. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't forgotten my name as long as you don't forget yours. You haven't forgotten your name? 
Not yet. Okay. Okay. Especially when I've gone into Cheers where everybody knows my name. And uh, they're always glad you came. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So if you want to call Howie Silberger, one 669 1292 and remind him who he is and the fact that he is on live here on the Howie Silberger Show, live on the True Talk Radio Network. Yeah. All right, yes. Sheldon Eric Freed uh, has prepared a newscast for us. I think it's important right. that every week we have a newscast, and uh, Sheldon right. has, has has been very kind to um, to to prepare this newscast. And uh, I, I would love to hear it, Sheldon. I do not have a new sounder for you, not yet. I'm, Don't I'm, worry, I'm, I'm working no, on no it. Problem. I'm working on it, but uh, but but I do have uh, I do have time for you to do the newscast. Well, you're a good friend and a wonderful person, may I oh, tell thank you. you. Okay. So as we do another edition of Funny and Strange Things in the News, and you know, you scratch your head and you just wonder what people are thinking. Now, this one is not too bad. This one involves an Israeli window washer reaching new heights of fame dancing on TikTok. Now, TikTok is another app, uh, another app where... Uh, people can upload videos for like a few seconds at a time and it'll keep repeating if you keep on the same app all the time. So it says twirling to hip hop over chasms of steel and glass, soapy squeegee in one hand and a smartphone in the other. Noah Toledo is an Israeli social media star who aims to encourage other women to take on her traditionally male dominated job. The 22-year-old window washer's high-rise dance routine, Shave earned close to 60, I repeat, 60,000 listeners and more than a million likes on the TikTok platform. Hey, she, people... she, almost, she, almost hit, she almost hit our numbers, Shelton. Well, you she know, came not, very close to hitting as, our numbers. Not as much. Okay. Yeah, not yeah. as much. Almost, almost. Because we have higher numbers than that. Very, very close, though. Life. I mean, they, uh, yeah. she's getting there. Yeah, and you see she's getting there, but the thing is, you see, she, she videotapes, but we're live. That's you right. You are live. There, there's yes. a difference. There are big difference. A and huge I difference. That. And yeah. I want all our listeners to know that. That's right. So, so she reiterated, when people see me behind the window, they're surprised. They see a woman. It's unusual, Toledo, a former champion pole vaulter, told Reuters. Reuters. I don't know a lot of women doing this job, but I hope when they see me, they understand that women can do it too. Revidel Friedman, who lives in a beachfront apartment block, smiled and waved in recognition as Toledo repelled into view in a harness and helmet. She is divine, Friedman said. She is the only one to ask if I'm happy, if it's really clean. Now, I don't know about you, Howie. Do you like cocoa? Cocoa, like, uh, like, like, like cocoa, cocoa. Chocolate, yeah, chocolate, know? yeah. I like, okay. I like cocoa. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's an interesting thing. You're gonna, lo- you would have loved if you lived in this Swiss town. Okay. Because residents of a Swiss town got a bit of a shock when it started snowing, particles of a fine cocoa powder after the ventilation system at a chocolate factory malfunctioned. Hey, that's not a bad. That's not a bad thing. Put a little bit of milk there, and you're fine. The lint and Spruingly Company confirmed local reports Tuesday that there was a minor defect, that's an understatement of the year, in the cooling ventilation for a line for roasted roasted cocoa nibs in its factory in Olten between Zurich and Basel. 
The nibs, fragments of crushed cocoa beans are the basis of chocolate. Did you know that? I did not know that. Okay. No, no, okay. I was not aware of that. Okay, you can see you learn you something, learn something new every single day. It's amazing. Yep. Combined with strong winds on a Friday morning, the powder spread around the immediate vicinity of the factory, leaving a fine cocoa dusting. As long as the cocoa is pure anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. The company says one car was slightly coated and that it had offered to pay for any cleaning needed, but hasn't yet been taken up on the offer. Well, at least I could get some, put it in with a glass of milk and I'll be finer in my coffee. Factory production was able to continue as normal and the company says the particles were completely harmless to people or the environment. The ventilation system has now been repaired. Now, thank God. Now, now you know, you were saying, sorry, Howie? Go thank ahead. God. Thank God it was repaired. I mean, yeah. I well, mean, that's the thing it's raining cocoa. Uh, that would yeah. be, that's, that's terrible. Because I know they would say it's raining men, but in this, car, this, Hallelujah. this time, it's raining. You're not kidding. <laughs> it was raining cocoa. Could you imagine? And the cocoa. weather outside was frightful. Wow. But at least having cocoa is delightful. Yeah, yeah. And would you believe after all this coronavirus, Howie, yeah. you know, there's so many masks you see on the mar market. Oh, Who so would have many. thought that an Israeli jeweler was going to be selling a gold? Yeah, the real deal, the real McCoy, gold coronavirus mask. Oh, lovely. Now, could you guess the price of what they were going to sell this so, mask So is for? this a solid gold mask? I mean, this is real gold? This is real gold. A uh, million dollars? Not far off, 1.5 million to oh. be exact. Okay. An Israeli jewelry company is working on what it says will be the world's most expensive coronavirus mask a gold diamond encrusted face covering mask with a price oh, tag. Wait, 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 wait. You didn't tell me there were diamonds on it. You just well, told me it was gold. If you would have well, told me diamonds, I would have guessed higher, right? You, you, you just told me gold. Well, you know what? I, 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 you're right. You're right. And my apologies for that. But could you imagine? Not that you would buy the mask for a million dollars gold anyway. I would. <laughs> oh, you would? Okay. How heavy is this is, thing? Is it 14? I don't know. I don't know. But you can get a killer in Manila. Oh. But, a di but a, yeah, but imagine a price tag of 1.5 million. Now, get this. The 18, not a 14 carat, which is standard in most rings, right. but the 18 carat, which is even more expensive. And it's white gold to boot. Will be decorated with, get this, Howie, three thousand six hundred white and black diamonds, and fitted Ooh. with a top-rated N99 filters. <laughs> at the, would you believe this? At the request of the buyer, who's going to wear said, this? I, I don't know. I, I think <laughs> you would have a broken neck if you put yeah, this really? on you. My fault. But but it was at the request of the buyer. Said designer Isaac Levy. Levy, owner of the Yvel company, said the buyer had two other demands. Can you imagine that it is to be completed by the end of the year and that it would be the priciest in the world. That last condition, he said, was the easiest one to fulfill. <laughs> no kidding. He declined to identify the buyer, but said he was a Chinese businessman living in the United States. I guess Confu maybe it was Confucius' cousin. I, I'm thinking that uh, this is not washable. Uh, I, don't, I, mean, I, don't think, I don't think you'd want to throw this into your washing machine. Oh, no. That would have to be spit and polished and yeah. probably have to take it to a diamond dealer or something <laughs> to have it specially po polished. Can you imagine? You probably have to get insured with Lloyd's of London. That usually is the insurance company that 
always ensures the really priciest stuff anywhere in the world. So the glitzed up face mask may lend some pizzazz to the protective gear now mandatory in public spaces in many countries. But at 270 grams, over half a pound, nearly 100 times that of a typical surgical mask, <laughs> it is not likely to be a practical accessory to wear. No kidding. Wow. In an interview at his factory near Jerusalem, Levy showed off several pieces of the mask covered in diamonds. My God. One gold plate had a hole for the filter. Money maybe doesn't buy everything, but if it can buy a very expensive COVID-19 mask and the guy wants to wear it and walk around and get the attention, he should be happy with that, Levy said. Get the attention for sure. <laughs> yeah, get the you attention don't get muggers. first. Yeah. Such an ostentatious mask might also rub some of the wrong some <laughs> the wrong way at a time when millions of people around the world are out of work or suffering economically. Levy said that while he would not wear it himself, he was thankful for the opportunity. I'm happy that this mask gave us enough work for our employees to be able to provide their jobs in very challenging times like these times right now, he said. Could you imagine? It's a good point. And last but certainly not least, yes. I know people that, let's say, break the law, they want to avoid jail. You know people who any... break the law? Well, I don't know people personally that broke the oh, law, okay. but I'm saying... But when people break the law, they'll try to do anything as you would normally figure to avoid going to jail. So this New York man was no exception. But unfortunately, as, thought he, as, as he thought he might have gotten away with it, a typo gave him away. A Long Island criminal defendant tried faking his death to avoid a jail sentence, but the phony death certificate his lawyer submitted had a glaring spelling error that made it a dead giveaway for a fraud, prosecutors said on Tuesday. Robert Berger, 25, of Huntington, New York, now faces up to four years in prison if convicted in the alleged scheme. That's in addition to pending sentences for earlier guilty pleas to charges of possession of a stolen Lexus and attempted grand larceny of a truck, Punishment prosecutors say he was looking to avoid. No kidding. It will never cease to amaze me the lengths of some people will go to avoid being accountable on criminal charges, Nassau County District Attorney Madeline Singa said in a telephone interview. Arraigned by video Tuesday because of a coronavirus pandemic, Berger pleaded not guilty to a single count of offering a false instrument for filing. A judge set bail. At $1, get this, at $1, but ordered Berger back to jail because of his underlying, underlying, underlying cases. His next court date was scheduled for last July the 29th. A message-seeking comment was left with a public defender who took over Berger's case after the lawyer who submitted the suspicious death certificate claimed he'd been used as a pawn and had nothing to do with the alleged shenanigans. Scheduled to be sentenced to a year in jail last October on the theft-related charges, Berger fled the state while taking steps to convince his then-lawyer, prosecutors, and the judge that he had killed himself, including allegedly using his fiancée to pass along a bogus death certificate, prosecutors said. At first glance, Berger's proposed, uh, purported uh, death certificate looked like an official document that you would see 
issued by the New York, by the New Jersey, rather, Department of Health, Vital Statistics and Registry. But there was one problem. The word registry was spelt R-E-G-S-I-T-R-Y instead of R-E-G-I-S-T-R-Y. There Oops. were also inconsistencies in the font type and size that raised suspicions, they said. The real New Jersey Department of Health Vital Statistics and Registry, proper spelling here, confirmed that Berger's death certificate was a fake, prosecutors said. Berger was alive, but not entirely well. While supposedly dead, he'd been arrested in suburban Philadelphia on charges including allegations he provided a false identity to law enforcement and stole from a Catholic college. He was sentenced in January to up to a year in jail, according to Pennsylvania court records. Berger's case was reminiscent of one six years ago in which a former Coast Guard petty officer turned shoe salesman posed as a former military lawyer soliciting clients and appearing in court. That man, Kenneth Goldstein, was outed as a fraud when he started rambling in an unlawyer-like fashion in a Long Island courtroom. You're going to get caught, Singra said. We say it all the time. Crime never and doesn't pay. We'll catch up with you eventually. In this case, it's never a good idea to submit phony documents to the district attorney. We were able to make sure that he was not able to get away with it. And that, Howie, is strange and funny things in the news. That is a truly strange story, Sheldon. Yeah, that was really I mean, <laughs> weird. People do it all. Yeah, that was really weird. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what goes through people's minds. I, I really don't get it. Like, what are they thinking? Well, you know, it's the same thing as like when you see sometimes police chases and you see it on video on Facebook and you see that people on police cha chases always get caught. And yeah. I remember one of the people that would say on Fox or on, or on CNN or whoever was covering it, they would say, well, they're, they're, they know that they've committed a crime. They know they're having their last moments of freedom. So they know they're going to get caught, but they want to stretch it out as much as they possibly can. But they're always going to wind up getting caught. Right. And that's exactly what happens. So it's the same thing when you break the law and when you forge, when you forge things like that. And look, I've even heard of stories, and I'm sure you've heard of stories too, that robbers will go into a bank. They'll hold up the teller. Number one, never mind not having any kind of a mask on. And now this is a different, this is obviously way before COVID-19, which begs the interesting story. Could you imagine now going into a bank and everybody's wearing masks? The banks, I would not want to be the security guard banks or are the still, tellers. Banks are still closed. Well, I think there are some branches that are open, but really? it's, uh, it, it, yeah, yeah. It, but my it appointment only. Yeah, it does vary because my cousin goes to different branches. It depends on the day when the branches are open. Yeah. But uh, could you just imagine going into a bank and everybody's wearing a mask? Yeah. Now, now this also begs uh, to be asked, when uh, we go back to school, uh, the Quebec government passed Bill 21 saying that you're not allowed wearing a face covering while working as a teacher. Um, are we violating the law when you go back to school? That's an interesting one, too. I, I think well, there might be a caveat in the law saying that for health reasons you can, but... Um, yeah, I, th I think what will happen is usually health is a universal override. 
uh, on so many things. It's like the same thing even in the even in in uh, the Jewish religion. If you are fasting and you have a health condition, that oh. if you would fast would be a threat on your health, and health dictates health health dictates uh, over anything. Yeah. So I would imagine the same thing as laws uh, for face coverings or anything else that uh, that you would uh, that that would be you know that would be contradict like that you that would override the law that the government had in place in this case being bill 21 maybe so i that that's what i'm thinking because uh, because also you're wearing a mask and in many cases i and i think uh, you told me off air you're going to be provided with a visor same yeah. thing with my girlfriend that it's also a teacher and my significant other was a teacher and she also uh, she will be given a visor she she has masks and uh that's what she's going to. So even if people were wearing kippas, uh, they won't be able to tell anything anyway because the kippa will be covered by the um, the the visor. But anyway, you should never have to hide a kippa. You shouldn't have to hide any uh, religious. You shouldn't symbol. have to hide anything exactly. And I know you wear it with pride, of course. You, and all uh, Jewish people wear it with pride. Wear them with pride. And the thing is, for the government, you know, and, and, and now this is another thing that'll circumvent the law, too, because the government can't do anything because you're wearing a visor. So you can't see the kippah anyway. Right. I mean, again, not that I would want you to hide the kippah, because I know, like, again... Yeah, but the visors don't uh, don't cover the top of your head. The visors I are... Thought, I thought they did. No, no. They're, they're like glasses. They fit over your ears. Oh, okay, because I didn't know if they... But anyway, they're, no. they're not going to be able to do anything like that, and they're not going to start only going for keepers and only going for, you know, because now also you've got to wear masks and everything. And, uh, uh, you know, this whole thing really... Uh, and uh, again, we've discussed, and I guess anywhere around the world, I mean, I know California, which has one of the, one of the largest school boards in the entire United States of America, they decided to go not for the kids to go back to school, but to right. be... Uh, but to have online teaching, and I don't know about New York or the other, um, and how the other states have, uh, are doing it. But California, what about Canada, obviously... uh, Toronto, uh, the Ontario is going back. Um, are yeah. the rest of the provinces going back? Is everyone going back? I think so. I think the provinces are, as a rule, yeah. The Toronto District School Board or TDSB, uh, as I was looking on it the other day, they they're delaying doing... a week, but they're going back. Yeah, they're delaying a week because uh, they don't have all their protocols in place, I guess, or something. And it's also going to be really interesting that it not only we're taking a look, there's a whole bunch of things, and this affects everybody around the world that will be going back to school, you know, uh, give and take in the next couple of weeks to a month. The 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 thing is, there's been a big decrease in the uh, in the big decrease, of course, as you know, when the COVID nineteen hit. Right. In public transportation. Now, the public transportation was at a virtual like nine. It was like 90 percent less people, at least in our local areas. I'm sure probably New York, Toronto, L.A., like all the all the places where most of the businesses were shut down for COVID-19. Yeah, nobody was going. Along. there. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the 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 public transportation was shut down and uh, and uh, and even the traffic on the busiest highways in the busiest cities were like non-existent. So what's going to happen? Here's here's my here's my take. Here's my question: Is that the students that are going to be going back? They're obviously going to. Not everybody has cars, and I'd say the majority of the students don't have cars. And maybe sometimes the uh, some parents will be able to give them lifts, and some will be able to pick them back. But the, let's say majority of the kids. Let's say even being conservative at seventy to seventy-five percent, 
take public transportation. Do you right. see what the increase is going to be? Yeah. In yeah. terms of the, the so, there's going to be no social distancing. So, so the question is, that are, are these bubbles they're creating in schools really going to be effective? Probably not. No. Because the I kids, don't see it. Kids are on top of each other all the time, and there's no way you're going to stop the spread. Exactly. And if they're carriers and they, and they don't have it, but they're, they're asymptomatic, they're carriers, they, they won't feel that they're having anything. They'll feel fine. Yeah. But anybody they come in contact with could wind up getting it. Right. So the thing is, too, a lot of teachers, you know, are, 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 on, are, are elderly teachers and they have fa- and they have. Ki- and this is one thing that no government has ever taken this in consideration that have had that have decided to come back with schools. And, you know, teachers have families, they have spouses, they have children, support workers, the same thing, principals, vice principals and other members of the of the staff. And they have to go back and they have to. And, the, and here's another thing here locally. By what I've seen, correct me if I'm wrong. It's compulsory for students to wear masks when they get into the school. But when they get into their classes, they do not. I repeat, they do not have to wear. They could take the masks off. That is correct. Now, why if. If they're going to have the mask compulsory when you're going up the steps and you're going into the school. Because uh, they say the classrooms are bubbles and these are the people you're with all the time. So if you're in your bubble, you don't have to wear the mask. But if you're mixing with other bubbles, then you have to wear the mask. Yeah. So that's going to be something. Furthermore, too, and I know you told me that you've been doing this for a while uh, where you're teaching now. But uh, what you're doing now, uh, what you've been doing all this time, my my significant other is now starting to do it this year, whereby the teachers, instead of the students going into the class occupied by the teacher, the teacher would be going into the classes occupied by the students. Right. So it would be the teachers that would be moving to the classes where before the students used to move in to the teacher with the teacher's classes. So the teachers are going to have to lug schlep, depending on what the work, uh, what they're going to have, to the classes. So this is another thing. And now... Uh, there's not going to be any recess. This is according to what my significant other was telling me. There's not going to be recess. So there's basically going to be two periods, then lunch, then two periods, and then go home. That's how she, that's how, and the school board or the ex-school board, there are no school boards anymore, but that's how the former school board, that's how they were going to do it. For every grade? So there's, well, the grades that she, I imagine her school is doing it that way. Yeah. So I imagine it will be for every grade. Yeah, exactly. Because she teaches, um, she teaches secondary five and she teaches secondary three. This year, she's not teaching secondary four. Right. So secondary three is on one floor while secondary five is on the same floor. So the thing is, too, if you have a lot of stuff and obviously schools do not have elevators and they're going to have to schlep the stuff down the floor and whatever. And I don't know what the time is between classes, but there's a whole and there's going to be a series of meetings when she goes back. She's actually starting tomorrow that there's going to be a bunch of meetings that she's going to have. And she's also thinking, too, obviously, she's not happy in going back because I'm sure there's a lot of things that she's very unsure of. She also has a son that that who lives with her. And she's also worried that, you know, is she going to be safe? How safe? What are the protocols? And I know that certain schools, I, I'm trying to remember uh, what what's uh, not states, but I think at certain countries, they have it whereby they have like a plexi shield around for each student at the desk. 
Each so student. when a student comes in... Each student? Each student. So in other words, let's say you have 30 students in a class, let's say for argument's sake. There'll be your 30 desk, and each desk is... Uh, there's nobody sitting beside you... Right. Um, ...that's not separated by a plexiglass. Wow, interesting. Yeah. And the students have to wear masks. Compulsory. They cannot take their mask off for anything in that school. Once you're in that school... You, you have to put the mask on and you keep it on until you get home. Then you do what, do what you want. In the, um, um, in, the, in the small school that I work at, uh, the plexiglass would be around the teacher's desk, not the student's desk. Yeah. Okay. See, they don't even have that where my uh, significant other is working. There's nothing about a plexiglass there. Right. So you, you're even more advanced than, than she is having at least plexiglass around you. But also, this is going to be interesting too. What's going to happen if you physically have to give out any kind of handouts whatsoever? You're going to have to give it to one of the students and they'll hand them out. Yeah, like that's the thing because you can't... Or you you put your mask on and you hand them out yourself. Yeah, but you can't come in contact your hand to touch the student's hand. I guess you would have to put it down on a desk. Put it down on the student's desk or put it down on another desk and let the... uh, and yeah. let the students pick them up. I mean, there's, yeah. there's a lot of ways so you can do a, it. Yeah, there's a lot of so there's a lot of things that's going to be interesting. And I think you and I both predicted that uh, that we do not see this lasting for a very very long time. No, I, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, this is not going to last a, a, a long time. So this is going to probably revert back to online teaching. Unfortunately, and, prob- and probably unless unless the trend continues, and we see the. Um, and you see the uh, the virus disappear. That's possible too. Yeah. Well, I. Think I mean, the numbers numbers are going down now. They're expecting a. Uh, they're expecting a. The uh, they're expecting a second wave in November. Okay. Um, but uh, if the virus, you know, we're looking at the numbers now, and the numbers are are dropping. So for now, but let's now. see when the when the students are going into the. This is going to be the big test. Uh, students going in mass droves in public transit, right, in the school, and and how this is going to all work out, and then also the implications of once the students get home, if they don't have it themselves, will they be carriers that their parents or or other siblings would be affected by this? So well, this is going to be a really interesting question. thing. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to be a very big thing, and, pr- and so the thing is, I guess. Once the vaccine comes out, and I was hearing something, I'm trying to remember what the sources were. I think between six months to a year, they believe they will have a vaccine in place to be distributed. It's still a long time. It's still a long time, exactly. And I don't see anything less than six months. And of course, it has to be tested, approved, and then uh, and even six has months to be distributed to everybody. That and even six you know, months, Sheldon. I mean, uh, it usually takes a couple of years, multiple years to um, to develop a vaccine and test it properly. Yeah. So, so would you trust a vaccine that was made in four months or five months? I I don't know. I mean, it's like the same thing as a flu shot. The flu shot comes out. It might do the trick for this particular flu. Yeah, but it took, flu. Them, it might be, it took it might them be years. Off. It took them years to develop a flu shot. Yeah. You were talking. You were talking to them developing in six months. And they haven't even perfected the flu shot. That's because right. Because the flu could come out this year. They'll come up with a. They'll come up with a vaccine that they think they 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 try to do pop probabilities and the best uh, inferences to try to come up with the best possible vaccine. Sometimes it'll be right on the money, and other times people uh, have had very bad flu symptoms. Exactly. Uh, yeah. 
So it, there's a, a lot of it is guesswork. Everything is guesswork, but it has to be done by research. And like you said, and I agree, this all takes time. This all takes time. And then if this, I'm, I, what I'm scared is I, I would hate like anything for it to revert back to the way it was before. And then we shut down again. Yeah. That's what that would be horrible. I, yeah. And I would love, I mean, I would love like you would love everybody were to come go back to normal. Everybody would go back to work, to school, to be able to, you know, come and go as you please, have parties, go out with your friends, uh, you know, get together with family, the elderly. Do you think it's ever going to go? Everything. You think life is ever going to go back to that, Sheldon? Well, f well, certainly not in the immediate future. That's for that's uh, and especially if governments are allowing people to get back to normal because because when the government started doing that and then there was a tremendous increase and they had to start reshutting down certain things. It, you know, it has it it, it, it this all is going to take time. Is this going to come back to normal anytime soon? I no, no. Do you think so? No, no, I don't think so. It's going to be mean, a long just... time before things go back to the way it was. And people were also very stupid because there were yeah. a lot of kids that were going to these big beach parties in the States and, and thinking that they were they were thinking of invincible. Look, one student here in the Montreal area, he died. He was 19 years old. He died from COVID-19. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously his immune system was very weak to begin with, too. But, you know, what? It, it could, once you get this, this can weaken the immune system. And if some, and let's say if you go out in the public and you get it again, that could have devastating detrimental effects on you, no matter how old a person is. Yeah, but this 19-year-old was the first 19-year-old in the country to die. So, I mean, yeah. you're not talking, uh, you're not talking a, a big rash of young people dying from this disease not, anywhere. Not yet, but I guess we'll, again, we'll, we'll have, have to wait see and see. Yeah. We'll have to wait. I mean, believe you me, I would love nothing to be wrong. I would love nothing to i would love uh, to say to people that i really wish it, everything would go back to normal we would all love that but you know uh, let's say for parents what do parents feel like a lot of some parents will even say well yeah the kids should go back the kids should go back but yet they don't think of the consequences that the teachers and the support uh, people what about the parents, parents too what about the parents yeah and what about the parents when the kids come home like that's you know, it's very easy to say, let everything go back to normal. It's another thing if, God forbid, a person gets sick because of what happens. Right. And then what's to happen if we're going to start shutting down again? We're going to regress so so backwards instead of us going forward. Because but at, we the were moment, taking... at the moment, the numbers are good. So you have about 80, yeah. 85 active cases in the province. You know, province... Oh. Province has a few million people in it. I mean, you're not talking very many cases at the moment, right? Well, also Montreal extended another state of emergency. Yeah, well. So, uh, you know, again, if it's still a few cases, it's still enough uh, for them to extend the state of emergency. So Now, could the state of emergency be extended because they just like the power, or is there a problem? Uh, we don't know. That was always the case, uh, like either War Measures Act or, or any of these acts, and this is uh, why, too, I'll... Uh, people were saying to the prime minister, should you evoke these acts like the War Measures Act? Um, and uh, and the prime minister didn't want to do it. Right. Um, uh, because he didn't want to force, force, force uh, people into doing this because 
it also reverted back to what his late father did when we had the FLQ crisis back in the 1970s, where he had to evoke the War Measures Act. And this is what people forget. And the thing is that uh, uh, Justin didn't want to do it. Whether or not he was right or wrong, that's not for me to say yes or no. Well, history will decide that. Exactly, exactly. History will decide that. And the thing is, right now, like our, yes, our count is going down. The provinces are going down. Some provinces had a bit of a spike. Um, But the thing is, what, I guess, when the students are going to start going back, and we're going to know this by the next week, like a mo- starting Monday, well, starting Monday, the students are not yet back, but the week after, and and especially the crunch is going to be after Labor Day. That's going to be the real crunch, and then we'll see what the month, by the end of September, we will know exactly what's going to happen. Either the schools are going to stay open, or there's going to be mass closures. Yeah, only time will tell. So that's it's anybody's guess, but it affects everybody. It always was the case that it affects everybody. I mean, some some people are lucky that they're able to work from home. I'm able to work from home. Um, my significant other, at one point when she was doing the courses online, she was able to work at home. Um, my son, who goes to Concordia University, well, he's not going to be going back. He's going to be uh, going online. The universities and CGFs are going back online, which I think is a fantastic idea. Right. And I just only wish, if they're doing it, why can't the elementary schools, why can't the high schools do it? Because they say that the kids are less of a risk than the adults, so yeah. Well, we'll find we'll find this. Well, I out. guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out sooner. Soon uh, enough. I'm I'm going to be one of the guinea pigs. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and my heart goes out to to you and my significant other and anybody who's a teacher. Look, my heart goes out to the people that were the frontline workers. Yeah. In the in the, in the CHSLD locally in the. Uh, all the senior homes throughout Canada, throughout the world, have been really affected because the elderly are the most vulnerable. And uh, all the people, the frontline work, the nurses, the doctors, uh, anybody that works in the hospitals, the grocery people that always tried to make sure that we had food on the table. It was it was such a strain, like in in just proportions that you and I have never seen in our lifetime. Things have gotten a little better we'll on never that. Never see them again. Never see this like of this again. But thank God, things have gotten a little better on that on that front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Thank God. All right, Sheldon, we're all out of time. How about that? It's it's been a blast. Yeah, it has been. It's been a blast. You've blasted, it, yes. And you know what? You were live. I was live. You were live. I am still live, except on Instagram, where and, we're, we're working on it. And I will be alive when the show ends. Yes. Uh, I I plan to stay alive, Sheldon. Yes, you will, you will be relived. Uh, re- you will be born again. <laughs> I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to happen, but um, one never knows how life progresses, but I don't think that's the direction that I'm going in. Well, I just want to say one thing before yeah. uh, we do uh, let each other go. I want to wish you the best of luck when you go back, and I want you to, by you know, bottom of my heart, I'm, you're a really good friend of mine. I Please stay safe. I hope your students... Other mem- members of your faculty, my significant other happens to be listening to, all the teachers, all the support system, everybody, please stay safe. Take care of yourselves and each other. Take care of your families. And always know that you are really a uh, um, very, very valuable part in our society. And we really appreciate all the hard work you all do. 
for all the students around the world. The um, I still have another week before I go back. I don't even have my official schedule yet. That's how, that's okay. how far away we are. Um, but um, but but I'm hoping that uh, that as time progresses, this the disease will, will will fade out. I hope so too. And, yeah, and then then we'll be able to get back to some semblance of of normalcy. This I hope so, too, and for. especially now we're getting into the fall and winter. You know, the weather's going to start getting cold again in this neck of the woods. Yeah. And at least, look, we were blessed with a really nice summer in this area. Uh, just a fantastic summer, so a lot of people were able to go outside, take walks. So there was some semblance of normalcy, but now as we're getting, the weather's going to start getting colder in the next few months, only time will tell. Yeah, so I'm hoping and praying that uh, that we see an end to this, and that uh, things get back to normal, and that uh, and that you know that not many more people get sick or die from this because uh, no, we just don't want to see that anymore. I always said one life lost is one life too many. I agree. So, I agree a hundred percent. And uh, the families that have lost people, our our hearts go out to to you guys, and yeah. uh, and we're so uh, we feel so sad on this whole thing, and I hope that things will get better for other people, the people that are sick, that they will recover and they will get their lives will sl- slowly and their health will slowly start get back to normal. So. I, I want to thank Daniel and Ayatza Day for being on the show tonight. I want to thank Sheldon. Thank you, Daniel. I want to thank Sheldon Eric Freed for, uh, for joining us. You're welcome, Howie Wilberger Soberger. I want to, I want to, I appreciate everybody who called in. All the, all the callers, thank you so much. I- and the many listeners. And all the listeners, thank you. I, I, I appreciate the, um, I appreciate the support, the show support. Absolutely. And um, and I really like Shelton's uh, headset microphone. I, I, I think it's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as long as it works. <laughs> uh, it is the best headset microphone I've seen since Mark David's long white one. Oh, you're making fun of it again. Oh me? I would never do that. I'm Howie Silberger. He's Sheldon Eric Freed. This is the Howie Silberger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. <laughs> Download our app and your favorite app store, True Talk Radio Network app. And uh, don't forget to um, don't forget to uh, to go to Facebook and like the page on Facebook. That will be the best way for you to find out when the show is on and uh, and who's going to be on the show and how how everything goes. So uh, like the show on Facebook. Download the app. Say hi to Sheldon and. Uh, Thank you. And we'll see you again next week. And Thank you so much. And don't forget to tweet Howie, eh? Yeah, yeah, right. Send me a tweet. <laughs> Hashtag Howie uh, Silberger. What's wrong with <laughs> live. you? Live. That's it. You people are Hashtag strange. Hashtag live Howie Silberger. You're a strange man, Sheldon. You're a strange I man. I know. That you love it. <laughs> All right. Whatever. <laughs>